So following up on the sex talk talk. Oh, yeah. How did it go? Um, I didn't do that exactly. <laughs> I, I just like... Did you pussy out? No, no, no. Not really. I, I didn't pussy out. I decided... I decided I would let him lead the conversation. Okay. So I said like, uh, hey, been watching these videos. Obviously, you don't want me to see what you're watching. What are you watching? Blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, he had an explanation for why he wasn't wanting me. It was just like he's watching prank videos. And I told him. And I said, okay, so they're they're older kids and they're probably saying bad words. And he's like, yeah. I said, okay, that's fine. I said, you're going to. You're going to start to want to say bad words when your friends around and things like that. That's fine. That's normal. Because bad words are cool. Uh, yeah, of course they are. Fuck yeah, they are. And I said, uh, you know, just you're not doing it when any adults around, including your mom, especially your mom. You don't say anything like that to, to adults. And then I told him, I asked him about, there were some pretty girls in his videos and he gave me a funny smile or whatever. I said that you're going to start to notice girls. It's okay. Blah, blah, blah. And he didn't push it anymore, so I didn't push it anymore. But for about 45 seconds, I had what I thought was an awesome business idea that I felt like there's a lot of money to be made here. So now you're going to give it away on a free podcast. Yes. Smart business decision. But it only lasted for 45 seconds. Okay. <laughs> you tell me what my it business... It was a great idea for 45 seconds. Yes. And then I, I realized there might be a fatal flaw in my idea <laughs> okay i'll see if i can if i can pick it out so he's eight and we said like six to 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 uh 10 or whatever is when you're supposed to have the sex talk whatever that's when they start to notice girls i was like why isn't there like a tween magazine like a tween maxim or something like that right like not super sexual but just like kind of a tiger beat but more like pinups not not again not sexual but just like a disney girl just smiling and it says like disney on it or whatever and then i realized what was my what's my problem with this business model justin <laughs> it's not gonna be tweens that are buying <laughs> it's that. not tweens buying that and i immediately you market the pedophile <laughs> yeah that's exactly what it would be but i think because i really legitimately was like why has no one done this I, I think that shows like how pure hearted I am that I could never have had that idea or naive. It could be both. Can't yeah. it? It could be, it can One be both. Into the other. It can be both. But for, for that solid 45 seconds, I was like, yeah, we, we need to be doing this. There's money to, need to find some tween girls. <laughs> Take their photos. Uh, uh, and my uh, <laughs> uh, I don't want to watch yoga hosers. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be doing that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. That was a real thought that went through my head for a little while. And then I was like, oh, I'm naive is the best word for it. I was just like, no, it'll totally be eight year old boys buying this. Not creepy mustachioed men at all. Uh, yeah, that was that was good. Mm, it really didn't work out. So if anybody wants to do yeah. that, that's fine. Just know that I'm pretty sure that's going to put you on some watch lists immediately. <laughs> and uh, so that's why I I said that I'm going ahead and giving away that idea free because yeah, I guess it makes more sense now. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's going on? You good? Yeah. Uh, I'm becoming an adult. 
Go on. And it's weird. You're wearing the brightest yellow Pokemon shirt ever. It's not. It's like more of a mustard now because we washed it in California. And I don't know if they're water socks or they're detergent socks, but it, it's usually way brighter. It's way more neon. Now it's more mustardy. I'm like a little bummed. I hope when I wash it, it gets its color back. But no, like I emailed a mortgage broker mm-hmm. and I'm like looking to buy a house. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, it's a big deal. Gonna, uh, that's very adult. That's uh, super adult. So I had a number in my head where I was like, if I can get to this number, I'll be good. Like, that's kind of where I feel like. You're talking about for the house. Be, yes. Or, okay. For the amount and then I, I you got approved for. for three times that amount, didn't you? I got approved for like one and a half times that amount. It's, it's yeah. insane. I'm like, why would you give me that? <laughs> Do you? Will, you were. If you, if you give me this money, I will spend it. Please don't. You you were terrible at lending. If you think I can afford this, this is yeah. terrible. I don't. Yeah. It's crazy how much they'll give you. Yeah, but it, it's FHA. I think that's like federal stuff. I'm sure they get money for giving me money or something. I don't know. But you still it's have to be scam. able to pay it back. Yeah. You, you know. So Where'd they get the house. I don't. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. So. I and this like, is the revised stuff. This is like them yeah. toned down. Po- post burst of the bubble. Yeah. Can you imagine what it was like before? Like oh, you, yeah, like I, four or five times what I pictured I, in my head. Yeah, sure. exactly. I bring home 200 bucks a week. $1.5 million house approved. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, I was actually looking at a house in your neck of the woods and uh, before I got approved. And then I was so upset because after like I found out like I could afford it, it was off the market. Mm. Uh, but it was when it was like... It's the closest I've ever thought of, like, a dream home. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm looking at all these other houses and stuff, and I'm like, it's not like that one house. That <laughs> house had a pool and a hot tub. <laughs> you, None of these have pools or hot tubs. I mean, that one has a hot tub, but it looks pretty janky. Yeah. The the other thing that becomes a problem is don't get antsy at all, because then, yeah. like, you talk yourself into every house. Yeah. like. So, yeah. I'm, this weekend, I'm totally going to look at a couple of houses, and... I've got a bunch more lined up that are like, I want to look at these next week. and you got to be ready to go. Yeah. Like my, we lease, should... my lease is up in a few months, so I'm looking. I have a, a window where. Well, I mean, like, ready to write an offer. Like, we, this is probably podcast oh, yeah. fun, but, uh, yeah, we'll go over more after or whatever. <laughs> like, let's get into the business podcast. <laughs> so, anyway, if you go down, if you go with, yeah. Uh, I yeah. actually didn't say any words right there because I was uh, the, everything in my head that I was getting ready to say was tax and stuff. Like I was going to say IRAs and stuff. Like so, I just so I just kept mumbling. Like, <laughs> so we're going to go <laughs> after taxes. So. Uh, yeah, so that's exciting. Yeah, I'm like super excited. I've I'm 33 years old and I like I never thought I would buy a house because then you have to like take care of the house, mm-hmm. but. I don't know. It's exciting. I'm going to own a thing, like a big thing. Mm-hmm. It's going to be mine. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Near Dark? Speaking of houses, <laughs> I think there was one in, in Near Dark. No, but no. Segways. <laughs> uh, give us a synopsis, Justin. Uh, Near Dark is the story of... A young man who gets caught up in a gang, 
and his story uh, trying to get his way out of the gang and also the gang of his vampires. Okay. I'll give another synopsis. <laughs> a rapey douchebag okay. uh, becomes involved with a traveling uh, tramp-like group of gypsy vampires and then nothing happens. Okay. That's my synopsis. <laughs> Sounds like you have some thoughts. <laughs> uh, that's my... That's my thoughts. What do you What do you think? Uh, I actually I really liked it. Uh, the dialogue is awful, but mm-hmm. it's kind of charming in how bad it is. Like it's like George Lucas wrote it, mm-hmm. which why have you not seen Star Wars? I've seen Star Wars. Like okay, I saw the the original three, and the, I think I've seen all of the three from the nineties. I think, but I saw two. One and three, like that was the order that I saw those ones in. Well, but I haven't seen. It was ninety nine, two thousand two, two thousand five. So they're not really from the nineties. <laughs> the ones from the nineties were actually the re-release. Of the re-release. Oh God, please stop me. Uh, but no, I like Star Wars. Like I like the the original three. I have. Uh, I get. I, I I can get why people like get into them and read the books about. Like I get it, and I enjoy them. Uh, and it's one that I look forward to sharing with my son, but I'm not a Star Wars guy. Yeah. Like, I'm sure if I sat and watched the new two that came out, I'm sure I would enjoy them. It's just a matter of like, you know, I've made the conscious decision. Like, I feel like cause I started a list of like things that I like that aren't horror related and I didn't finish it <laughs> for you. We'll, we'll do that on another podcast day because like you referenced I'm that. I'm very excited. I'm very you, excited. You reference to, to hear the three things that you like that aren't horror. That's why I'm not bringing it now, is because I feel like to make my argument, I need more time because I only <laughs> worked on it for like a half hour. So, uh, um, sometimes butterflies are pretty. <laughs> um, but 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 to kind of explain, like my my is like I've made the conscious decision, like instead of if you imagine like all everything I can consume figuratively mm-hmm. not literally because I am attempting to consume everything literally as well correct um, I've made the conscious decision like there's no way I can consume everything of course but if I can find a niche that I enjoy I can n- try to learn as much as possible about that mm-hmm. thing you're going for depth rather than breadth yeah exactly um, and that's kind of a conscious decision I've made so you know I, I've seen a whole lot more I know a whole lot more than most people but not nearly enough as I want to there's still so many things that I haven't seen I hear people talk that know more about it than I do have seen more than I'm jealous and I want to aspire to be to their level mm-hmm. um, so I'm sure I would enjoy Star Wars I'm sure I would enjoy Game of Thrones but if they have a choice between watching that um, and watching the audio commentary to Lawnmower Man 2 it's a no brainer yeah <laughs> Also, Rick and Morty just got season three. Just got a date, and I'm very excited about that. Fact. Yeah, uh, uh, Cult of Chucky just got a date as well, Ooh. October third. Uh, so we'll have something around September, October, for the listeners as well related to that. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, fe- it's something that was referenced in a previous podcast yeah. by a certain guest. Something. That <laughs> it also features our worst episode recorded to date. Yes. 
by far by far the yeah. worst ever also our second to worst ever is the first episode no man the first one's so good it's tight the first episode had a tight we've just gotten looser and looser and more narcissistic and she's <laughs> like okay i've said four things about this movie let me tell you a half hours long story <laughs> <laughs> oh 28 minutes in i've heard i've told this one before well then i guess i won't finish <laughs> Oh, I'm getting ready to climax. I'll stop now. <laughs> Tantric podcasting. Um, yeah. Uh, Near Dark. Yeah. So you liked it. I didn't even. Yeah. This to me is one of the most overrated horror films that I don't get. Again, I don't get it, man. Like we can go through. So my overall theory feelings. Okay. I feel like the pacing is terrible. It doesn't go anywhere. Like it starts and it stops and it's slow in the worst way possible. So you look at something like Blue Ruin and it is constantly leading you somewhere, right? Like it's constantly growing. And I feel like Near Dark like spitters and and starts and stops. Like it starts happening and then it stops. And then like it's supposed to be this big climactic thing. But by this point, I care about no one in the film. There is no one in this film that I care about enough to even dislike to want to see them die or to see them live or to see them happy or to get their comeuppance. Nothing. I care zero about these characters throughout the entire film. So it's like in your Laura. I'm going to do that again. All right. So you're not going to hear this. We're going to cut. Uh-huh. So it's like an Eli Roth film. Yeah, uh, but but th- like Eli Roth is worse to the degree that I can like hate watch it. Yeah. Like this, I I just I find myself not caring so much. Like, um, and we can talk about more specifics, but that's overall really the way I feel. So I feel like it was paced at a fairly reasonable clip. Uh, so much so that sometimes things just happen for no reason and just like come out of nowhere and like is that a okay, plus now we're, we're quickly turning to the right here yeah I'm not, i don't think it's a plus i'm just saying uh, specifically about the pacing argument yeah but. so so the the perfect example to me about the pacing is like things start to happen there there he starts to get into uh an argument with with his new gay so so the, we should start earlier yeah. uh just start talking about the, the specifics all right so uh guy starts cat calling girl Right? And he says he wants a bite of her ice cream. Automatically to me, that's a douchebag. Like, in no way in real life, and in a movie, I think in a movie, shouldn't that that character trait be this is a douche that you're well, catcalling? He doesn't catcall her. He just walks up. Are you talking about when he meets May for the first time? Yeah. He walks up to her and starts hitting on her. That's different than catcalling. Catcalling is from afar. Uh... I th- he th- he was talking to some dude like they're literally elbowing each other like look at that hot piece of ass, and yeah. then he goes and then I think he yells at her and like then the, he goes the up. The other guy is like the douchebag. I don't. I don't. I'm not gonna say this was a great movie, so I'm not. Gonna they were both wearing totally. cowboy hats and they both had they <laughs> they, they, they and he had a and he had a gun rack in his car. Yeah. We're we're losing all of like <laughs> anybody wearing. A cowboy hat or has a everyone that all of your neighbors. (laughs) They have a gun rack in the car. But 
so all right, so he hits on her. They 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 start flirting or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. They go out. He lassos her. They they they're courting, right? They're having a good first date. Yeah. She realizes that the sun is starting to come up, and she's like, "You got to get me the fuck home." Yeah. You need to do it now. Like this, and it, this is gets to the point where she is super serious, mm-hmm. and he starts getting on the verge. He doesn't physically do it. Yeah. But he's starting down the road of like date raping this chick, man. He dri- yeah, he definitely he hijacks her. her. He drives her home and, halfway home, and then like a few miles before her house, he turns off the car and like he puts says, the not- keys in his shirt. I'm not gonna drive anymore until you give me a kiss. Yeah, that is is sexual hijacking. Yeah, and how can and this is our hero. Automatically, I don't fucking like you. Yeah, like, I didn't- and I don't like you the girl that falls for this guy because what ends up happening is she ends up having to run for her life because the sun's about to come up and she's a vampire right yeah and she still saves him and wants to court him and he's her guy like her response to like the rape is basically like oh I'll, i'll kiss you and then like she bites him on the neck and so does she feed is this a stockholm syndrome movie because then she they save him, and then she spends the rest of the movie where she's trying to hook up with him and save him from the rest of her group. I mean, it's not Beauty and the Beast, but I don't know. It, I don't think it's I don't think it's Stockholm Syndrome. I think it's just it's poorly written. That, that's my point. Yeah. <laughs> like if it was Stockholm Syndrome, that would be interesting. Yeah. But it's not. It's just poorly written. That the, these characters, if this is the way they react, I don't. If anything, it's, it's Stockholm Syndrome with him later on in the film. Maybe. He gets Patty Hearsted a bit. I don't get the Patty Hearst reference. She was kidnapped by some radicals in the 70s mm-hmm. and then became part of the group herself. What group? Dude, I don't remember. It was, a set, it was a decade before I was born. I don't know. But she was with him for years. What are you talking about? This is a real thing that happened in history. Yes, I understand, but you're referencing it without knowing what the hell's going on. I, I know this. I don't know. <laughs> you know enough to sound. Name. No, no, no. I just caught you. Group. I just caught you. You know enough to make it sound in passing like you do it, and then I press for details, and you have to backtrack. I don't know the details. I know the general. That's why I made the reference, because I do know the general thing. Mm-hmm. She was kidnapped by like a militia group, and then... Years later, when she finally resurfaced, she was a part of that group. Was a part of that group for years, before I think being like kidnapped by her family or something. Were they vampires? I don't think so. But you don't know for sure. I don't. They could have been. They used guns. So, <laughs> these vampires. It, these use vampires guns. use guns too. Yes. It all adds up. They were vampires. Um, sorry, I I talked a lot there. Basically, so we're to the point where he's gotten bit. He's turned into a vampire. Yeah. Then the group that she's with grabs him to try to assemble him to determine if they're going to assemble him into their group or not and that they're driving an rv and it does a real sick 180 the worst straight out, straight out of the fast and the furious <laughs> the worst 180 ever it takes it's... to be fair they accomplished a 180 with an rv which doesn't seem easy <laughs> um what what so because i went through that my whole speech up to that point what do you, did you have anything uh, leading up to there that you wanted to point out or i, I, or I agree with your assessment um, for the most part. Yeah. Um, 
so this group of vampires I think is important to, to describe. This is like, this is the, the dirty group of vampires that like would get neck tattoos and hand tattoos in their twenties before they have a job. Okay. Like they're dirty. Yeah. They make poor decisions. Mm -hmm. They're not good people. Yeah. They like to drink. They just hurt people for fun. And one of them's like 12 years old. Yes. Which is a terrible character in my opinion as well. Because like at the very beginning of the movie, they reference the fact, like he says, like, I'm trapped inside this body. He says, what, you know what it's like to be a big man in a little body or something like that. Right. So, and they're like, yeah, we hear you talk about it all the time. So the idea is, all right, so this is... He's supposed to be like the oldest one or something. I, he's, he's obviously older. He's obviously old. He's hundreds of years old probably, yeah. right? But he still, but he still acts like a child. And he I, still yeah. like towards the climax of the movie, he wants another girl, that, child. I totally don't understand that. To be with him, that I don't get it. That's my least favorite part of the film, it makes no sense. It doesn't because it's just convenient to the plot, and it doesn't make sense for the character. It would have had he been a child the whole time if they treated him like he was a child. I think it was just like a third rock from the sun type thing. Where Joseph Gordon-Levitt played the oldest alien, but he was like 12. So I never really watched that show. Although I really like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Like what he's doing as an adult is awesome. Yeah. Um, Manic, 50-50. Uh, he had a not popular Christmas movie with Seth Rogen that I thought was good. I thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll watch what he does. Yeah. Anyway. Um, he but his, a real great uh, acoustic version of Ignition Remix by R. Kelly. Look it up. Okay, <laughs> I know R. Kelly's a rapper. Didn't he pee on somebody? Yeah, he li- he likes to pee on like little girls or something. Yeah, I'm gonna make a magazine tweens. about that. I'm gonna make a magazine he about likes that. To pee on tweens. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> he allegedly likes to pee on tweens. That's what's in pop culture. <laughs> um, so yeah, that kid. So that kid is a terrible character. He's a terrible actor in this movie as well. Really bad. And I hate to poop on kid actors because I could never do any better as an adult. I thought he was good in spots, but like when he really had to act, he wasn't that great. It was. I I, I can't figure out his character in the slightest, man. Um, But uh, so. They're vampires, but they don't really have any magical powers. They don't. Other than they can heal and they, the sun is, kills them. No, but wouldn't you think, so. All right, if you if you're a vampire and you've been alive for hundreds of years, you probably go through different phases, right? Like you'd go through a, fa- I mean, think about it. You're you you're in your 30s and you've went through phases where you're into this and you're into that, right? Mm-hmm. So, part of it, I get mad when I the second time I watched this movie, probably my last, and I watched it before and I, and I and I started to go there again. I'm like, why would vampires be living this life? Like every day they're just driving around, they're having to steal vehicles, they're having to hide from the sun, right? who would do that as a vampire? But at my be- like if I step back, they're probably going through this phase like I don't give a shit about anything. I've already had a mansion, I've had tons of money. Mm-hmm. I've lived luxuriously, I've lived famously. Now I want to just go through my backpacking years. Like this is the vampire equivalent of backpacking, right? Yeah, sure. Um so I try to to write that off, but I cuz I feel like also if you were all vampires, you're going to have those different groups. Like right now as human beings, there's all those different groups, right? People live different ways. Um, but then it got me thinking, all right, if you're a vampire, 
What's your game plan? How do you live? Forever. Let me tell you what I what I think would be an awesome answer. I, know, I, have, I have a zombie evacuation plan. I haven't really thought about what if I'm a vampire. All right. Well, you've got one minute and 30 seconds while I tell you my plan. Okay. First of all, I would have to figure out if this would work because I don't know about the physiology of when I turn into a vampire. Mm-hmm. But assuming I could make this work, what I think I would do, because I wouldn't really big on killing people and, and stuff, because that's the other part. These They kill people so often and they're like stealing vehicles. They'd get busted at some point. Like yeah. I would be scared to steal one vehicle because I would be scared I would get busted. If they steal one every week, every month... Eventually, they're going to get caught. Right. Um, anyway, so I wouldn't want to do that. There was a Tales from the Crypt episode from back in the day where a vampire worked uh, as a security guard in a blood bank. So at night, he would be the only one there, and he would drink the blood because he didn't want to kill anybody. Yeah. Awesome concept. Pretty but, good. Yeah. Um, so but not he's sti- killing people in the future. Maybe. Um, so I thought I would get a job in like a funeral home as like an undertaker or a technician. And then like prior to embalming the bodies, I would drink their blood. I don't know if it would have enough sustenance with if them. This is like an interview with a vampire type situation, then that's bad. Yeah. I don't, I don't a know. Dead person's blood. It's bad. I don't know, but I'm saying I'd have to give that a whirl. Yeah. That, that's my thought. What I think would be really helpful. Yeah. That's my idea. Uh, I don't like the killing. I would go for more of like a, uh, I would try to bring the world into like a true blood type situation mm-hmm. uh, where there's a drink that vampires drink called true blood and that's how they live. It's totally synthetic. So like Soylent, but for vampires. Did you watch true blood? I've seen like the first two or three seasons. It's exactly what I watched. And then all of a sudden, it just turned to shit. Like, yeah, like, like she, f- yeah, she like turned it as soon as she, as soon as she turned into a fairy. I was like, "The fuck is this fairy stuff?" And then I gave it like two more episodes, and I was like, "This is a totally different show." Yeah. What the fuck is going? It wasn't until years later when I'd given up on it. That was the exact moment that Alan Ball left the show. Is he the creator? He's the creator. He's also the guy that did Six Feet Under. I've told you about my love for Six Feet Under, right? Yeah, I really need to see. Oh that show. my god, it's the, my favorite show ever. Not a horror show. I've, I've Not heard, a horror show either. No. But but that's how, like, you say Macabre, I don't like horror stuff. Yeah. yeah, but that's, it. I like that for un, unrelated reasons to anything like that. Yeah. I've heard it gets better towards the end. The last episode of that show is the best hour of TV I've ever seen. Uh, that's what I hear. It's one of the best fittings to a show ever. Yes. I, w- I would say it's the best ending to a show. Yeah. Um. Um, the, so they end up, so this is, this is in, let's go back to real life. Like this is a year after aliens. You've got some of the aliens cast there. I think that they thought like this was going to be, this was going to be like a big thing. Like aliens is up on the murky. I like that little nod. Uh, but somehow, I don't know. I don't know if I think this was Catherine one of Catherine Bigelow's first. Yeah. So I don't know. But all right, so um, th- there's these bizarre. It happens a few times. The one that's specific is probably a ten second scene where they jump to different characters. 
they jump locations for literally 10 seconds. So they're dealing with all the vampires and everything for five minutes. Then they jump to a scene with the kid's parent. I'm sorry, the kid's dad and his daughter that are missing. And they're talking to the cop for literally like 10 seconds. And then they jump back to the scene that they were just at. Because they need to establish that they're looking for him. It was so jarring and so short. Like, I didn't find it jarring. Oh, it was so... I'm not saying it was the best thing ever, but I didn't find the jarring. Oh, I, th- I found it so... like it, Even if they would have had a longer conversation... Because they established c- those characters. Right when he gets snatched up by the RV, you know, you, you do spend some time with the dad and the, the little girl. The next time you're watching something and find... I'll try to watch it too. The next time I find something that is that separated from a scene with so many different characters, so different characters that's so short that you cut back to the original group, let me know. Wishmaster. <laughs> uh, Wishmaster 2. Okay, Wishmaster 2. No, it was Wait, Wishmaster That was one. Wishmaster 1, you're right. Yeah. Um... But you argued that Boom. wasn't. But you argued that wasn't good. <laughs> you argued that wasn't because good. those were characters that weren't. That was a character that wasn't even in the film prior. <laughs> so, and it was longer than ten seconds. So it's like thirty. Um. So, it comes to he needs to kill to keep being a part of the gang. Uh, or actually, even before that, like he. May tells him kind of like, he, you know, what's going on and he doesn't want to believe. And then uh, he's all like, I got to get home. I got to get home. And then she slits her wrist and feeds him. And then he's all like, let's go fucking that storage unit over there. And then when that's done, he's immediately like, OK, I got to go home again. <laughs> yeah. Like, all the more reason why this guy is a douche. Like, uh so she bit her wrist, right? I feel like I see this in so many movies, and I'm I not keep a vampire. Interview the vampire, like it's the only vampire movie I've ever seen, but it's probably the one I've seen most recently. But every vampire movie, and even they they bite their their arms and they mm-hmm. bleed. And I know I'm not a vampire, yeah. but I can't imagine it being that easy just to draw my own blood and bite myself like that. But when you know it's going to heal and everything, I think it's a totally different state of mind. I'm even talking physically. Like physically, if you had no, if I just put my arm over there, how much could you dig into my arm to get me to bleed? They have they have fangs that are sharp to pierce skin. Oh. That's part of vampires. What are these vampires you speak of? You think <laughs> <laughs> uh, it just it, it's it seems so cliche to me that that it shows up everywhere. Um, he ends up making his way back to his father. Whoa, you're skipping all the way to the end of the movie. Mm, I guess I kind of am. Yeah. I'm anxious here. Go ahead. <laughs> so after that, then they they spend time with the characters. And this is this is probably my favorite. This and then the bar scene are my two favorite moments in these movies is uh, when they get rid of like May and, and Douchebag. Uh, they deal with that. Then it's, okay, here's every member like here's how they're getting their kill for tonight and so the little kid had a bicycle and he just set up in a road with his bicycle overturned until somebody stopped to help him yep i like that killed him and that was there you go i like that and then bill paxton's sex symbol got slicked his hair back and dressed all like a cowboy Mm -hmm. and 
picked up a couple ladies hitchhiking. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Lance Hendrickson and uh, Diamondback. Uh, you got to... F- I thought it was... Uh, he talks about... I thought it was his origin story. He was talking about uh, when I had a flat tire over there. But it's actually hers. Because he's older. He's mm-hmm. from the Civil War. So I liked the I liked those intercuts when you got to see like the night for them. I feel so. Bill Paxton and Lance Henriksen were the only two people that I felt like I I still didn't like them and I didn't care about them. But they were the only ones that like I felt like if they would have centered the movie around them, I would have been more interested. Well, they were the competent actors in there. That's probably a lot of it for sure. Yeah, they were the ones from Aliens. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So then it becomes hey. You have to kill to in order to stay in our gang. And so they go to a bar. And this is where he's supposed to, to get his first kill. Mm-hmm. And I thought that whole scene was great. Uh, yeah. And so there are a bunch of people in there. But no, they, this whole one. scene is not great because Josh Miller, the kid, is not good during that, man. All he does is sit there and drink and leer at the waitress. Mm. And then he shoots one guy in the back. He doesn't really do anything. Go Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Keep going. That's Bill Paxton's scene. Yes, that's Bill Paxton's scene. Yeah. I'll give the, you that. The bartender. The... They're back and forth. It was real good. And then he kills him with a spur. Yeah, that scene is probably like if they could have made a movie that the tone was that the whole time yeah and, and every I, I would have been fine with that yeah. but it's so so all right go ahead so I, I keep wanting to get back to when he gets to his dad <laughs> so douchebag is supposed to, to kill the the scared kid the scared kid jumps out the window he chases after him and then he lets him go mm-hmm. and so he can't be a part of the gang anymore he is now a new he is now basically not a part of the gang he's been shunned but he's a they are making their escape so he's with them right now so they check into uh motel and now scared kid has ratted them out it's daytime and there's a shootout which i appreciated the i thought it was great that like you skip hold on you skipped it conveniently the kid's dad and sister have shown up no, this is a different motel. Oh, this is the one that he runs out with the thing yeah. on. I keep trying to get back to the dad. <laughs> you keep trying to get to the end already. I keep trying. But this is this is one of the things that I appreciated that I think not a lot of vampire movies do. It's like, oh, I'm holed up, and oh, you you undid the curtains, and I'm dead. But So they're in a shootout, and they're getting shot. But the bullets aren't hurting them. What's hurting them is they're shooting into the motel and the little light. The little beams of light coming out through there are what's like catching them on fire, and that's actually what's damaging them. I thought that was cool, but douchebag saves the day, and so now he's part of the gang again, again for reals this time. And Meanwhile, I'm just sitting here not caring, <laughs> just so you know. So then they go to the other motel, and his dad shows up for no reason. Uh, and then the little kid vampire. Decides he really likes douchebag's little sister. Yeah. Completely contradictory to what he had said earlier in the in the movie. Okay. 
I mean, he didn't say I don't like little kids, but he's like, I'm an adult. So yeah. I think either it's a poorly written character or this 700 year old man might subscribe to my tween magazine. Yeah. One of those two things. But he, yeah, he just gets a fascination for her for no reason. No, zero. He's just like to me. Only if, because if, it's convenient to the plot. If you had written this that he was a child, I'm tired of being by myself. I want somebody to play with. Like literally put yeah. those two lines in there instead of the line about him being trapped in that body yeah. and I would have bought it. Just it's, swap out those two lines. Uh, it's like, uh, uh, what was the the mockumentary, the vampire mockumentary we watched? What We Do in Shadows? Yep. Uh, where the, the two little girls go after pedophiles. Uh, that was really cool and really interesting to yes. you know, way to do like kid vampires. Yes, and that could be in a real movie too. Yeah. Um, I think you just called What We Do in Shadows not a real movie. <laughs> not, you know what I mean. It, it was a hundred times better than this. Okay. So, um, can I say it now? Yeah. So the douchebag ends up back with his dad, right? He and just... He jumps in the truck for no reason. Like, the, he has become a part of the group. Mm-hmm. And then there's a struggle, and he I'm ex- fully expecting him to shove his his sister and dad out of the motel and, like, hold them back while they escape. Yes. That's what I'm expecting to happen because that is what logically should happen to his character. Not in this movie. Instead, he does two things. He jumps in the back of the truck... And then looks around and comes up with a cure for vampirism. Which. <laughs> out of nowhere. Which doesn't make any sense either. He's just a country douchebag. So, so his his answer for, for being a vampire is a transfusion. Yeah. I don't think that's how transfusions work. You the, would you would need to drain, totally. Drain every yeah. piece of. So like, okay. Here is how, if this is the mechanism to cure vampirism. It should work in my brain. Theoretically, you shouldn't. Get, you only have six pints of blood in your body. You shouldn't be giving more than one. You could probably. Mm, his dad's a super stud. His he, dad could he probably, you know, with the power of father <laughs> and all that, he gave it all could to probably him. Probably give him two pints a day. <laughs> he gave him six. He gave him all of his blood in order to make this no, work. He didn't he? Just gave him a pint. I know. Well, no. I, Okay. Yeah. To make this work, he had to get replace everything, right? right. So, like, so you put it in the fridge. You take a pint. You put it in the fridge. Maybe two pints. And so, over like the course of a long weekend, now you have enough to completely <laughs> drain him of his vampire blood and put human blood in him. Boom. Okay. But just a blood but here's transfusion the thing. of a pint, like that's theoretically what should nourish his vampire body. Yes, that's just like giving him lunch. Yeah. Uh, and so, and the other thing, so when you get bit by a vampire, that tiny little bite is enough to make your entire body. Mm-hmm. Putting one pint of blood in his blood would just turn it into more vampire, right? I think you lost me. If so, vampires are Komodo dragons. <laughs> so. If you have tainted vampire blood and it touches human blood, that automatically makes the human blood vampire blood, right? Yeah, sure. So how did they would have to be all gone? He would have to be Job from the end of Lawnmower Man and just dry as a corn husk. Yeah, and then have it all put in him. Basically, he he would need to exchange. I was going to use the word, and I I messed it up. 
exsanguinate himself. There's a movie, I think it's, I might get this wrong, but I think it's Daybreakers starring Ethan Hawke, which is more of a big budget vampire movie that I really enjoyed the f- when I did see it and I want to rewatch it, but I'm pretty sure this was the premise of the movie was that they figured out the transfusion thing and they had the conversation in the movie that we're having. It's like, how can you get all the blood? And they explained how they're doing it or whatever. So I feel like I want to rewatch that now because they obviously did the math that we're trying to do. It is totally exsanguinate, even though that didn't sound exactly right. It tended to sound too much like sanguine, but it should because it comes from the same word. What's uh, the word that sounds like that? It means emulate. To light yourself on fire. Yeah. And like, yeah. And like every once in a while, like I'll read a story where somebody does that. And then like, I can't get that thought out of my head for like weeks. It's that picture of the Buddhist priest from history book. Yep. And the that, rage like, and the rage against the machine album cover. Okay. Well, I wouldn't know that, but yeah, it's like, I oh, can't get it. I'm at, 15 in, in history class. I trust you. Oh my God. Adults I, have betrayed me. Yeah, I. It, it's now I'm in, now it's in my head for like the next week. I'm yeah. not even joking. Like yeah. I will just imagine. Like, okay, thanks for that, Justin. You're welcome. You said a word slightly similar to a word that was a trigger for me for no reason. Thanks. It's not even this that <laughs> close. Yeah. Immolate, exsanguinate. That just ends in eight. Speak, so, speaking of eight, when I was. <laughs> When I was your phone, <laughs> my phone. When I, when I, oh, what was it? Uh, I wrote the word light. I was making my list of things that I like. What was it? And I think I wrote lighthouse. I wrote dream house. I wrote dream house, and it changed it to steakhouse. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Fuck you, phone." <laughs> Your phone knows you're fat. <laughs> I was so mad. Uh, the uh, yeah, all right. So this movie, the other th- reason that this so is the reason that I paired this with Bone Tomahawk mm-hmm. is everybody talks about this being a western. Is this a western? Hmm. You're gonna have to give me a second on that. I'll give you a hint. The answer is no. It's not a Western. Just because it's set in Texas and somebody wears a cowboy hat and there's a spur doesn't make it a Western. A Western is a genre. A Western is not based on geography or or a wardrobe. I, I, I mean... I, I mean, I could probably see people's arguments, though I don't know that I would necessarily agree with them, but... Most Western, like a lot of Westerns are very much like road trip movies where it's, you know, when we get to the next one, it's got a big road trip in it. Yeah, but that's not really what this is either. This is, it's not like they've got a destination. They're just running away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would probably, I would definitely agree with you, though. I think I would, it's a softer agreement. Horror community, you're wrong about this. (laughs) Both in the quality of movie and the subgenre in which you would define it as. So you tried so far, so hard to skip to the end. That pretty much like kind of seems like it should have been the ending. Like maybe they'll wrap it up a little bit. No, like that's a fa- that's a perfect example of like because May comes back and then he'll be he should be like oh no, like I had your way but I couldn't do it and I'm better off here. Yes, and then that, that would be a character arc for everybody yeah. involved. Yeah. Nope, not this movie. Nope. We got to start this train back up We're after you steal. just slow down to a, to a halt. Yeah. 
let's try get going again. So yeah. it's just like a train starts to get the momentum back up. Yeah. So let's let's steal the sister and have a showdown. Totally unnecessarily. Yeah. Uh, pretty anticlimactic and not in a good way. Not like this was planned this way. Um, uh, Homer is his name, right? Yes. Uh, I thought they lit a kid on fire at first. <laughs> the, <laughs> He's a method actor. I could tell. And then I could tell, like, okay, this is... Uh, because it's a very brief shot, mm-hmm. and then they cut to a longer shot where you see more fire. But for that very brief shot, I thought, okay, like they lit the actor on fire for a very brief moment. That and was then Ed Gale. Immediately took it out. That was Ed Gale. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's a callback joke for something that doesn't exist yet to them? Uh, a call foreshadowing. Forward? Sure, foreshadowing joke. Yeah, give it three months. That'll be hilarious. Go ahead. Uh, will it? Because I don't remember what you're talking about. <laughs> but I probably should. Wait until you re-listen to the episode. Uh, then yeah. it'll be hilarious. Uh, yeah. When I write the notes, I'll be like, oh, <laughs> I remember totally from three Russ months is ago. hilarious. Uh, but yeah. So the, I thought the fire effect was really effective. I could, you know, tell it was rotoscoped on. But I thought it looked way better than it should have for 1986. For what I'm assuming is a lower budget thing. I I, yeah. I thought that that was remarkable. Okay. So I made a remark. <laughs> but then all the vampires blow up, except for May. And then he turns May. That's the end of the movie. Which should have ended 15 minutes ago. Yeah. Um, I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand why this movie is held in such high regard. I think that it feels... I think it thinks that it's smarter... Than it is. So I was starting. I read a little bit of the booklet after I watched it, and it said something about it being a lost film. Okay. Like I don't know. The it existed, and then they lost it. Okay. And then they refound it, and everyone was like, "Yay!" So maybe that's kind of why it has maybe like the cult following that it does because it was lost yeah. for a while. Yeah. That I yeah I didn't care to read the booklet that i own <laughs> your overall thoughts i think you know where i stand i thought it was okay it was charming i don't know that i would i need to watch it again but yeah i thought it was fine okay um bone tomahawk synopsis synopsis for bone tomahawk it is a western definitely a western so kurt russell is the sheriff of a town and his deputy and a drifter and the wife of a local man all get abducted by some engines and they got to go chase down them engines. They call them Indians. They don't say engines. They call them trolla logs. (laughs) But yeah, that's a hilarious joke that only 10 people out there got. (laughs) And it is that every one of them right now is pulling over their car to laugh at how hard <laughs> I just made a trollalog joke. Cool. You will get it. You will get it one day. All right. And you will know how funny that I just was. All right. Go ahead. Good to know. Yeah, that's the synopsis. Yeah. Uh, overall thoughts. 
this I this was a real good movie. So good, right? This is a real, real good movie. <laughs> I really, really like this movie. I wish I'd known that this movie was out there. Yeah, it's so good. And it, it, this is the guy's first movie. Yeah. Holy shit. Can you believe that somebody pulled this off? Their Written first and movie? directed. Oh, my God, man. Like, I would give this guy whatever he asked for for whatever he wants to do i'm i'm up for i want to see it yeah um so we start off with a remake me favorite captain spaulding yes uh and, and david, david arquette, arquette. Yeah. <laughs> uh who i think I, I think i i really like david arquette in this movie like he just kind of plays like kind of a he's a he's a thief and a liar he's not in there long Sid no. gets killed real quick. He gets um, a bar scene. That's about the extent yeah. of when he gets to act. Yeah. But it um, does competently. Yeah. Competently. More competently than I am a podcast He wasn't host. David Arquetting it at all. No. Which is a plus. It's yeah. like... I mean, I've seen Scream, so he wasn't doing that at all. It's like when uh, when Adam Sandler's in a movie and, and like somebody else say, well, Adam Sandler's in it. But it's not an Adam Sandler movie. Like, that's like the same... Love. That's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so Captain Spaulding gets killed, and it's like from afar. And my note is, what the fuck was that? Because it seemed like they make it look like it's like some sort of weird monster, maybe. Like it could be like a weird yeti thing mm-hmm. that's human-like but not quite human. Mm-hmm. And then you don't see him again until the end of the movie, mm-hmm. and I loved that. Yeah, they set it up really well. Like, yeah. you get a few random howls or whatever. Like, you hear them yeah. uh, randomly. And it's like, they give you the tiniest pieces that, like, maybe something is more there than yeah. just them this being... Is, yeah, this is definitely, like, you definitely get the feeling that this is some supernatural. Yes. Um, and they tell you at the very beginning. So, they so David Arquette shows up. Uh, you meet Patrick Wilson and his wife. They end up getting everybody. Uh, she has to go because uh, Kurt Russell, Russell shoots it, in the leg. Shoots Arquette in the leg. By the way, Patrick Wilson and his wife need a draft dodger in that house, man. They had like two inches worth of <laughs> were, their door needed like an extra two inches. They needed to buy a draft dodger in that bad boy. I think everybody could use an extra two inches. Um, so uh, she goes to get the bullet out of his leg mm-hmm. and they all get abducted. Uh, Kurt Russell's assistant deputy is the highlight of the movie for me. He is by far the best character. Uh, so good, and I was so bummed that I knew he was gonna die. The f- the very I the- knew from the from the moment he told that bathtub story, which I love, and when it comes up, we'll get to that. Yeah. But the moment I saw that, my note said, "I'm so sad that he's gonna die." Yeah. So the intro to him is he walks into the. R- the room where Kurt Russell's making something on the stove. Yeah. And he says, Oh God, that tea smells horrid. And Kurt Russell says, it's not tea. It's soup. And then he says, Oh, well, you think I could have some? Yes. <laughs> and then he's, he's drinking it. First off, he, Kurt Russell pours it. It says careful. It's hot. Careful. It's hot. And he like, so he, hold takes, on, hold on. He, this is a 60 year old man, yeah, by the way. <laughs> He takes a, a, a swig of it, and he says, don't, that's hot. He reiterates, that's hot. So this six-year-old man just starts spitting it all over himself. 
because he was told by the sheriff that it's too hot to consume. <laughs> Rather than judging that for himself, he's like, oh, okay. Blah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and this is, a, this is a totally serious movie, and that's why this character works so great. He's so great. It does he's it. not comic relief. It's just his character. He did, yeah. But that's why it's so good too, is because it's legit. Because life is funny. Like my mom just died, and we were making jokes, like in the hospital still, right? Yeah. Like that's the way that life works. Yeah. So that's what makes it so great. Like what we're describing now could totally be slapsticky mm-hmm. and Adam Sandler. It's not yeah. in the slightest. I want to keep talking about the scene <laughs> <laughs> because he's trying to describe something that he saw. He was out on a walk. He was putting flowers on Nadine's grave, mm-hmm. uh, and he saw a drifter. And then he says, "This tastes like corn." <laughs> <laughs> to which the sheriff responds, "That's corn chowder." No, yeah, I think he said. And like, then he what, says, what "Well, ta- like, what tastes like corn?" He says, it's, "It's corn chowder." He says, "Well, I guess it all lines up then." <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's uh, great. Everything about chicory, I love. So. <laughs> So they end up kind of having a, a group of people end up coming to the bar. Yeah. They're 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 going to problem solve. So you got Patrick Wilson, whose wife was was abducted. Uh, you who got, has a broken leg? Who has a broken leg? You have Kurt Russell, who's the sheriff. You have his assistant deputy. Um, you have Matthew, Matthew Fox, Fox, who uh, f- went to fetch her. So that's where he feels his obligation. Uh, also, there seems to be some tension there. Yes. Uh, and then you have like uh, the the professor, which is a, a local Native American guy mm-hmm. uh, that kind of sounds seems like he can move in between the two worlds of the Indians and the 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 English. Uh, what did they call him? I don't know. I don't know. Let's just call him. Let's be neutral and just call him regular people. <laughs> <laughs> Real people. Is that better? Yeah, real people. In okay, the real people. Sounds good. Okay, good. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's real. It's like, yeah, it's real hard. So, um, it's like we watch Twelve Years a Slave, and it's like, well, I don't know. I don't know how to the people and the other people. I don't know. <laughs> um, but he he says they're troglodytes. Yeah. That's another example, if you know what that means. Mm-hmm. So a troglodyte is basically a caveman. Yeah, okay? lesser lesser human. Yes, so, so for the sake of argument, let's just call it a caveman, right? That's telling you another little piece of that puzzle right there, man. Yeah. Like, and it's so awesome, because it's literally said one time. Yeah, he tells you all the other tribes have shunned them. They, they're not like them. They have no language. So you 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 get just this tiny little pieces of the, of the puzzle, mm-hmm. um, but they don't care. They have to go find him, right? Kurt Russell because he's a sheriff. Matthew Fox because he's involved in it now. Uh, Patrick Wilson's going after his wife, and the assistant deputy will follow Kurt Russell to the end of the world. Yeah, and they're off. They're gonna go look for him. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. so from here it's a travel movie. Yeah, they're they're going the, across now the, the wilderness. Now the second act is is road it's trip. just a ton of awesome characters just walking and talking, right? So this is yeah. like this is like a Quentin Tarantino movie scene stretched out over the course of traveling across the country on horseback. Mm-hmm. And then on foot. Right. There's, so you get to the, they make camp for the first time mm-hmm. and you get to know a bit of Matthew Fox's character. He puts out 
uh, wire around the whole camp that leads to a bell. So, and says, if anything, if you hear this bell, get out your gun and shoot. Because it's either a thief or a wild animal. No one, nobody good is coming here, so shoot first, ask questions later. Completely pragmatic in his thinking. Mm-hmm. Okay. And very black and white. Yes. And so here we get the aforementioned uh, bathtub scene. And I'm... I love it. So they're they're drifting off to sleep, and uh, Chicory is talking to the sheriff. He's got a profound question that he yeah. needs to ask. Do you ever read in the bathtub? It's like something kind of kind of stupid. Oh, also, Magic well, Fox also, thinks he's smarter than everyone. That's kind of needed for the story. Yeah, but he also like he he warms up Kurt Russell like. I've got something big I need to talk to you about. Yeah. Like, this is going to be heavy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brace yourself for yeah. what's going down. Do you and, ever read in the bathtub? <laughs> and so he talks about he always gets them wet, uh, chain, trying to turn the page, or drops them in completely. He He's ruined so many books. <laughs> and so Carrell responds, why don't you just get a music stand and then have a towel nearby and you can wipe your hand and not get it wet and everything. And it just makes Chicory's day. It is. It is. He's so excited. The first thing he does when he gets back is he's going to buy a music stand. Mm-hmm. And Matthew Fox wasn't. I bet Matthew Fox couldn't have thought of that because <laughs> he worships the sheriff so much. Oh, for sure, exactly. Um, just such good characters. Like even Matthew Fox is probably the least developed, but you still know everything you need to know about him, right? Uh, uh, and so from this point, I was like, that was such a heartwarming moment. He is so gonna die. <laughs> And it just like I just fell in love with him just yeah. to hold my heart ripped out. Yeah, that's totally what I what I thought at that moment. Um, there's a scene where somebody comes up. They're stating that they're unarmed. Matthew Fox shoots him, mm-hmm. um, and then you see it was it was two Mexicans. Yep, you see the question marks raised above Patrick Wilson and Kurt Russell's head. You see the anger coming from uh, the assistant deputy. At Matthew Fox's actions, Matthew Fox again yeah. is being pragmatic and tactile with his thinking. The sheriff wanted to bring them in. He wanted to question them. Mm-hmm. He had them uh, throw their guns down. Patrick Wilson's asleep this whole time, um, and yeah, so he gets the news from Chicory, uh, and he said, "Do they deserve it?" And he says, "I don't know." And so that kind of colors, it colors everyone. You know where everyone stands, kind of at that point. Yep. Um, Patrick Wilson, in the meantime. Had a broken leg. It's getting worse and worse. Yeah. Because this is uh, the Western days. Mm-hmm. Uh, medicine's not quite what it is now. No, but he's got heroin. He does. Um, which is kind of cool that they were kind of self-policing it there, too. Yeah. And that they stole it from him to make sure he wasn't using mm-hmm. and being dumb. So it's kind of cool. he thought he'd haul, fall off his horse and, and do something even worse. Exactly. So I thought that was kind of cool and that it's just... You know, the the laws or whatever the sheriff in the town decides, yeah. you know. Um, they make their way across the country. Mm-hmm. Or not, not, well, across, the, not I, across the country. <laughs> yeah, they're just, they're just they going go like, on like, they three, go like three miles. They're the, he says they're making a five-day ride in three days. Yes. Is the point. Uh, so after, so Matthew Fox was worried those Mexicans were scouts. Obviously, they probably were because the horses get stolen. Yep, he was redeemed. 
Well, I mean, he still shot those two guys. Yeah, but he was... He was probably right. Uh, I mean, he would definitely say so. Right. So now, this is a journey on foot, and Patrick Wilson has a broken leg. So, he goes on ahead while they pack up camp, and the next 15, 20 minutes of this movie is kind of his journey, walking alone. He's making them leave stones so he can find the trail, but he's just walking alone and struggling the whole time. And it's just like, I super appreciated that the movie would allow this to happen. Like it, I, it takes a really confident writer and director to put this in the movie and keep this in the movie. And you totally, it totally makes the movie way better. I, I totally agree. And kudos to the, the, that's the same person yeah. and it's the first time he's done it. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. He didn't need any warm up, man. This mm-hmm. guy, he nailed it. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a point during one of these where Patrick Wilson wakes up because basically he keeps catching up mm-hmm. and then they're getting ready to head out. So he's always right. a few hours behind them. Right. And there's kind of one part that I hated in this movie. Okay. And this needs to die from every movie. <laughs> All right. And that is when you get woke up and you say something, anything, anything, when you wake up and, and somebody's waking you up and you get startled, oh, mama, or I just want to play baseball or whatever. Like he said something along those lines. Yeah. And that needs to die in movies because it doesn't happen in real life. I've never seen that happen ever one time and it needs to die okay that was it i feel i definitely feel like i've been woken up and felt like i was still in a dream and had it took a minute to realize that i wasn't that this was the real world i think that might be their way of conveying that but i agree that yeah it's 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 a cliche that can die that could be conveyed with a, a confused look a shaking of the head if that's what they were trying to do. You need a good actor for that. Patrick Wilson's. What's wrong with Patrick Wilson? I don't think Patrick Wilson, there's anything wrong with Patrick Wilson. But you have to be confident in your your cast to be able to write that. Okay. Anyway, it's totally forgivable. The rest of the movie more than makes up for it. But it's one that, that, that I find frustrating. Um, so the group minus... Patrick Wilson mm-hmm. ends up making it kind of to the the point when they're on the verge of finding... Well, before that, uh, the reason Patrick Wilson isn't with them is he got left behind. Oh, yeah. Because uh, you, the, it all comes out that Matthew Fox used to uh, fancy his wife and uh, used to try to court her. Uh, O'Dwyer won. So now... He says, basically, like, I think that allows me an innuendo every now and then. And Patrick Wilson, O'Dwyer, punches him in the face and re-breaks his leg. And so they want to cut it off. And he's like, anything but. So he gets left behind with a little bit of the uh, the heroin. Yeah, they reset it and dope them all up. Yeah. Uh, and then they go back out on their journey. Then they show up to like the 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 precipice of the the trolla logs, uh, 
God, that's going to be hilarious. We need, pa- we need to pause for I can't everybody. Until <laughs> that's hilarious. Laugh pause. Hold on. Okay, we're good to go. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And kind we're of, back. At kind of the 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 mouth of. There's a cave like mm-hmm. thing that everything has to funnel through. So right. they very strategically. Uh, and the, at this, this point, group, they're hearing those really strange noises. Yeah, these strange noises are going down a lot. Mm-hmm. And they seem to be closer and farther away, and they don't know exactly where they're coming from. Yep. So one of them decides they're going to go through this because this is a, a great place if you're if you're this group to hide because mm-hmm. you have to funnel through this it's tiny little corridor. Exactly. Um, they make their way through that. And not too long once they make it through that, they have face-to-face encounters with exactly what took the rest of their people. Mm, and it just totally catches them by surprise. Uh, Matthew Fox gets his arm chopped off. And Sheriff Kurt Russell gets an arrow. Yep. Chicory gets dinged in the head. Gets a good, nice head wound. Yeah. Uh, they kill two of them. Yeah. What are they, Justin? They're dudes. They're more than dudes. But at the end of the day, they're dudes. No, they're not. Yeah, they are. What do they have in their throat? They're dudes who have surgically... We don't... I mean, we don't really find that out until... No, that's my... O'Dwyer. Um, okay, that might be true. All right, we can save that. Yeah. They're, they're crazy, messed up looking, super remote, painted white Indian dudes. They're apocalypto... Yeah, Americans. There you go. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Again, I've only seen the poster for that movie. I've never seen the movie. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's what I envisioned. Mel Gibson directed it, and I'm not going to see her. Um, yeah, go ahead. This leads to one of my favorite things. So around that, the first time they make camp, I had the movie mapped out in my head, right? Here's who's going to live. It's the only people going to live are O'Dwyer and the sheriff and Matthew Fox is going to get just become a bigger and bigger dick and he's going to get like a redemption arc and go out in a blaze of glory and uh, Chicory's going to die because uh, it's just going to come out of nowhere they think everything's fine and then boom out of nowhere something's going to happen this is what's going to happen because I've watched movies before yeah you know what's going down so were you right? Matthew Fox gets his arm chopped off, and he's like, "Give me the dynamite. I'm gonna take some of them out." In the uh, coolest explanation, I'm, I'm, too, I'm too vain. I'm too vain to live as a cripple. Yeah, and that's awesome because we've established uh, yeah. in the movie that he's smarter than everybody else. He, he's d- dressed dapper. Yes, he he's looks handsome. He looks better than anyone else. Absolutely. He's obviously super rich. Yes, and everything. He is going on horseback, and he's dressed in a white suit. We've just found out that uh, Native Americans killed his mother and his sisters, so that explains his character. Mm-hmm. He's going out in a blaze of gory. And, and you he were gets, wrong, because he dies. He dies immediately after they leave. Immediately. He gets a bone tomahawk to his head. Yeah. And that's Which it. is awesome. Yeah. And and this is this is an awesome anticlimactic way, right? Yeah, there's totally no dy- there's no dynamite sub- explosion. They're subverting what you expect exactly because you've seen movies, you know what's going to happen, mm-hmm. and they totally subvert it. Yep, just totally just I loved m- it. Minimalized what you I thought you were loved gonna see. it. You're going to see this big explosion. He's going to take out their main fortress I, because I love movies so much. It's like 
I know this is going to happen and I'm so excited for it anyway. Like I called it, I'm, but even though I'm in the moment, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm excited. And then it's like, and then yeah, they cut you off mm-hmm. and it's like, you fuckers, like <laughs> the balls you have. I love this. Yes. <laughs> um, things don't go so well for Kurt. Ru- well, I don't, I just said they, <laughs> Matthew Fox died and they don't go so well. <laughs> You get what I'm saying. Yeah, they get knocked out and dragged off, and uh, Chicory gets an arrow in the hand, mm-hmm. uh, and I love that he comes to and gets to look over and see Matthew Fox's dead body there, and he knows, like... We're fucked. Eh, yeah, we're fucked. Uh, Patrick Wilson? I almost Patrick, said Patrick Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> well, so they get dragged up, and then we that's when we see... We do see them before we start. Right. Okay. Because they go up there and they get locked in a cage and uh, they've killed and eaten the drifter and Nick and the wife, the the deputy and the wife are in another cage mm-hmm. and then, and then they take Nick out. They take Nick out and they kill Nick oh. in a pretty brutal way. So, oh. so what they do with Nick, who's nude. He's stripped down. He's stripped down. They... Hit, they stand they, him on his head. They no, scalp him. They scalp him. Yes. They shove the scalp in his mouth. As a gag. They take like a chisel or like a, a bone chisel and hammer it into his skull. In, like into the back of his throat. Yes. And so while he's choking on his own blood. Now he's upside down. They turn him upside down. And they pull his legs apart like a wishbone. And then they chop... Using a bone style, a bone made axe. Yeah. They just start from hacking. The, from the groin down. They start hacking at his taint. And, and taint hack him and split him in two. Yeah. While he's alive. Yeah. And this is horrific. And this sounds, but, but that's the other thing about this movie. In other movies, this would sound like Jason's doing it and it's yeah. fun or funny no. or. Even a gore gag, and but it, it's not even like that. It's it's not yeah, even it's, that gory. It's not gory. It's gruesome because it's played it's so real. really really effective. Oh my goodness, yes. But it's uh, not like like I feel like my mom. It's not pornographic. Wouldn't yell at me from watch for watching. No, it's not like, pornographic in the way that for they making do her the, watch that. Do it. Remember when I talked about banquets of guts and gore? Mm-hmm. It's not that. <laughs> no. Few. Th- I feel like few things are, even though neither of us have seen it. <laughs> Um, I saw Banquet of Guts and Gore. Oh, you did watch it? I told you that. Okay, I the didn't. Whole remember. conversation. You like watched it once and got rid of it. Then you didn't know what to do with it. I right? didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he's good and dead. Yeah. While he's getting ready to die, Kurt Russell's yelling at him, telling him, "Don't worry, the cavalry's coming. We're gonna get. We're gonna get. Your death's not gonna be for nothing. They're yeah. gonna get it." He tell he tells them that they're on their way and they're yes. gonna kill every one of them. Mm-hmm. Immediately after he dies, he gets asked by his assistant deputy, is that true what you said? And he said, no, I was just telling him that so he would have something to be happy about to look forward to when he was dying. He'd want to know that he was being avenged. Yes. Now, Patrick Wilson starts making his journey. Comes to, out of his multiple day stupor, Uh, heroin stupor. He makes his way to uh, the... The little cave finds the dead 
Chala logs. Again, it become again the movie becomes the journey of O'Dwyer yes. through the desert and like and limping should, all the way. And you should be here you, at this point. We should be like, I don't give a shit about walking some limpy dude <laughs> walking through through in other movies. Weeds. Yeah, I shouldn't care about this, but it's. But you do. He is the Calvary. Yes. He is their only hope. Yes. This he's dude a, he's that just woke up from one an leg. opium coma. Yeah. Uh, Hobbles on has, one leg through the desert. Yes. Uh, is sweaty and possibly infected and won't make it yeah. and, and live. This is their only hope. Mm-hmm. He ends up making it. He finds the dead trollologs. Right? He finds the two dead ones. That they killed. Uh, before that, he he uh, he hears the sound and he goes down and yes. starts crawling, mm-hmm. and he crawls to a rock that seems kind of safe and he takes a nap, and then he wakes up to two uh, right there in front of him, and he kills both of he them. He kills them. Okay, uh, but not in like a Matthew Fox kind of quick shot, boom boom, super precise kind of way. Uh, the one shoots its uh, arrow and barely misses him because he's in the weeds and hard to see. And he takes like four or five shots to, to or he, he uh, kills the one and misses all of his shots and has to reload. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's fighting. He's running at him with a tomahawk with like a bone club tomahawk. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I love realistic action like that it's like i love stylistic john wick uh or like uh the raid type action that's but you have fantastic. to know what you're what but, you're making but this the realistic awkward because yeah like sex and killing are can both be very awkward i feel like i've only done one of them you get to guess which <laughs> but i feel like they both can be super awkward and that's what I, I love when movies portray that yeah. in both situations. So now they're dead. Then he has the dead ones. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And he finds in their throats are these bizarre bones, pieces of bones, combination of like bones. Small, little, tiny pan flutes. That are either surgically implanted mm-hmm. or natural. We never get an answer to that. No. So that's where I was saying they could be troglodytes in that this is what they are. But they have mouths and everything. I don't know. They could be differently evolved. Sure. But I feel like they would have been near human and then then went the other route rather than came up simultaneously with the throat thing because that's not really evolution works but i i'm not advocating that they were i'm just making the point i that it's, i never thought that they were natural i always thought oh this is something they do like when they're babies they put the thing in i the- assumed that also but watching it the second time and seeing the troglodyte comment that put it in there that i think it's an interesting discussion that we could have had if you didn't just stop in its place <laughs> that 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 could have been a natural thing, which would lend itself even more towards steering this. That this is indeed a horror movie. Um, because I'm me, I wrote "cool throat whistle, bro." <laughs> that was my note on that one. <laughs> um, so Patrick Wilson puts it in his mouth, disgusted, and figures out that he can make that sound. 
he makes a sound somewhat like it. When they do it, because they've been doing it all their lives, yeah. it's this big, epic kind of noise. Yeah, this is his shitty version of yeah. it. This is him getting handed a trumpet and being told to go play. Yeah. Um, so he makes a shitty version of that noise um, and stumbles his way towards saving his wife. Before he does, though, we get another great chicory story where he talks about um, when his wife was alive going to see the flea circus in town and uh, it was two brothers from Germany and uh, his wife was like, uh, you know, they're all, it's all, um, it's like clockwork and it's all a machine. There's the fly, the fleas on there are dead. There's, it's no thing, but he was convinced that they were real. And so the wife says, I was there. Most flea circuses are fake, but this one was real. And it just like, it warms his heart and it warmed my heart twice as much. Uh, yeah, because you know he's going to die. I know he's going to die. Absolutely. 100%. Dead. Um, Patrick Wilson, uh, not yet. Uh, they devise a plan because they still have some of the, the opium. Right. So they're going to trick the trollologs into drinking some of the opium. Mm-hmm. They're going to green inferno them. Sure. Well, no. They're going to do something that actually might work. <laughs> Basically, so, they're going to make a OD on heroin. Yes. Uh, and it works. One or like two out of three-ish. Yes. Um, kind of simultaneously. And then they throw it in the fire. They, they throw th- the flask in the fire. Yes. So they throw it in the fire. Um, they figure out a little bit later what's going on. The group does. The trial logs. Okay. I mean, they yeah. know, wait, holy shit, somebody just died. Somebody else is fucked up. Right. So they come out. They take Kurt Russell. They cut his in the stomach. Mm-hmm. They pull the flask out of the fire. Mm-hmm. They stick the flask into his open into his chest open wound. wound. Um, and prepare to kill him. Yeah, the, the he has a repeater, and uh, he shoots him in the hand or in the arm, and then aims him at his aims at his balls and pulls the trigger, and nothing happens. At this point, because even he doesn't se- know, he's never seen a gun before. He doesn't yes. know what a gun is. Even the second time I was watching this, I was half expecting the him. So he's trying to figure out how the gun works, mm-hmm. and he looks down the barrel, and I was expecting him to blow his face off. Yeah, it doesn't happen. So he, yeah, he just like he knows that when he pulls the trigger, something's supposed to happen, like a big, powerful thing, and he eventually falls into the the pull lever action. And he does that and shoots him in the chest. Yes. Uh, so Kurt Russell's not dead yet. No. So this is the moment where his assistant deputy gets to tell him, don't worry, other people are coming to save us. And what does he say? You'll be avenged. You'll be avenged. Like the exact root of the thing. <laughs> yes. Doesn't come up with a clever way of no. saying it. He just Mm-mm. says, you'll be avenged. You'll be avenged. Because he's... He's the sweetest thing that's ever existed. Yes, absolutely. He's the sweetest old man that has ever existed. And I want him as a pet. I want. I. I will totally take care of him. I just. I want him in my life. Um, 
at this point, Patrick Wilson shows up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, hey, I took a couple out. Kurt uh, Russell yells, there's one in here with a gun. Yep. Uh, Patrick Wilson saves the day. Right. Uh, but guy gets the gun and is going to shoot Patrick Wilson. Mm-hmm. And Kurt Russell grabs his bone tomahawk thing, yep. cuts off his foot. In an awesome way. Yeah. <laughs> Just like Just... cuts off half of his foot. <laughs> and, yeah. He did not enjoy that. No. Then he got shot. So there's still a couple left. So Kurt Russell's like, I'm not going to make it. Mm-hmm. You there guys are three left. To... They've counted. There are three left. So I'm not going to make it. I'm going to stay stay here and take care of this. Yeah. So Patrick Wilson. Give me the repeater. His and wife. Prop me up. His wife. And yeah. Uh, assistant deputy, you go. I'm not going to make it. And he made me cry. Because <laughs> he says, uh, say goodbye to my wife. And I'll say hello to yours. And now I'm tearing up <laughs> fucking two days later recording the podcast. <laughs> penis joke. Penis joke. <laughs> and yeah, it's just, it was, yeah, it was, it was a great line. So let's go over who you said was going to live and die again. Were Matthew you... Fox was going to go out in a blaze of glory. Okay. Subverted. <laughs> Chicory was definitely going to die. Kurt Russell was going to live because he had to get home to his wife. Mm-hmm. And O'Dwyer was obviously going to live because he was a cripple, so of course he was going to live. Yep. Uh, so you were about 50-50? Uh, I mean, no. I was one for th- one for four. <laughs> um, Chicory it, lives. Yeah. They uh, escape. Uh, they're going down the mountain or the hills or whatever, and they hear two gunshots. And then a third gunshot, and they know that there are no more troglodytes. And the movie just ends. Is this a horror movie? it didn't need to go on anymore. Is this a horror movie? No. It's a western. Mm. But it was gory, and it did have, like, the air of supernatural. Yeah. So, Um, if you go by your tropes argument, then sure. That, that's my argument. And then the director said this is a Western horror movie. So I can see that. Um, I love this movie so much. It was I will great. be first one to sign up for whatever else this guy does. Uh, until, the, unless this he fails. four us, years but, ago. Does he, has, he hasn't done anything since? Uh, he hasn't done anything since. He's got a handful of things lined up. There's one called uh, uh, like Cage Match in Cell or Brawl in block 44 or something like that it's very mm-hmm. much like an assault on precinct 13 name uh and it's a long it's like a prison movie that's cool um so it doesn't matter what it is man it's like him uh jeremy solner from from green room and blue ruin yeah um this guy named jim mickle who you haven't seen anything from jordan peele like this whole new wave of people that are coming up like i will be behind whatever they say and do yeah. which is simultaneously a little depressing these are people that are I assume or ballpark our age. Yeah. Like if we had applied ourselves, like maybe we could be doing something, mm-hmm. but instead we're just patting them on the back. Yeah. See like real successful people and they're like 27. Yeah. I'm like, eh, man, I could have, <laughs> all I had to do was fucking try and I could be you, <laughs> but I decided to sit on the couch and eat Cheetos yeah. and watch Minecraft videos. <laughs> do you watch Minecraft videos? I used to. Oh man, that's sad. Now I watch Factorio videos. What is it? It's Factorio. Okay, so oh god, I can. T- you just got here, excited go. about something, so I know. No, I'm this about is what to I'm excited. About. Okay, uh, you know what Minecraft is, right? Yes. 
What if you love Minecraft, but you're thinking, hey, you know what I don't like about Minecraft? Mining or crafting. <laughs> what if I build factories that do machines that build that do the mining and factories that do the crafting, and I could build this big factory network to do all that stuff for me? That's what Factorio is. Overall thoughts on Bone Tomahawk, Justin? I love it. I love it. I want chicory. <laughs> I want him to be my grandpa. Um, Bone Tomahawk or Near Dark? Bone Tomahawk. Absolutely. A thousand percent. Mm-hmm. I love this movie so much. It's, yeah. it's great. Um, there's a handful of movies that I can... I mean, there, there's a lot of things that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's things that I know are good that we've talked about. In the, but there's... Uh, Kind of an elite few that I think are both that I love and that I think are really good. This is right up there with them. See, I was coming in here thinking, "Hey, this never happens." Russ gave me two good movies, and then you're like, "Near Dark's garbage." <laughs> I was like, "I thought it was fine. I was totally fine." Yeah, sorry. But yeah, Bone Tomahawk is a great movie. I, I am going to make my girlfriend watch that. It's a universal movie too, yeah. like. I, re- I really feel like anybody can watch that. Um, next week. Next week. I had a hard time with. Ooh. So I, I had game plan in mind. was getting ready to get them out when you were coming re- coming over to do this. Yeah, I did, I did get a text. And I was like, so it turns out we have a problem with next week's show. Uh, I, don't own e- or I don't own either of the movies that I thought I did <laughs> to do next week's show. So... I'm torn, so I, I'm going to let you choose. I'm not going to tell you exactly what they are. Okay. I'm going to give you three pieces, and you choose which piece. Okay. So I got six things over here, two different. Or yeah, I got three different pairs. Three pairs. Yep. Ready? I know how math works. Option one, you get a movie with a scene with Jeff Goldblum and Werner Herzog eating dinner together. Option one's pretty good. That's a so good far. It's, it's okay, good start. right? It's a good start. Option two, you get the explanation of the hilarious trollolog joke. It's right. <laughs> it's well within your reach. That might be the best one for the podcast. <laughs> you, but I seem to have little interest in that. <laughs> option three. Option three. I will tell you the origin of one of the movies. Okay. <sighs> This is unconfirmed, but this is what I envision, okay? So are you about to make something up? No. Okay. You'll understand what I mean by by the details. are probably a little foggy. Okay. Harvey Weinstein is sitting in his office filled... like Harvey, I. Harvey Weinstein of... Uh, God, what was the movie? Camp. The one we watched on episode 13. Not Sleepaway Camp, the other one. The Burning. The Burning fame. Yeah. Yeah, Look. Harvey Weinstein... Off of the burning. More like Harvey Weinstein from all of Quentin Tarantino's movies? I know. Okay. I know he became a big thing, but he started with the burning. (laughs) Okay. That was Um, my joke, but I fucked it up. All right. Uh, So I envision him like in the same office as the child's play guy, like the big mogul, right? So it's like class everywhere. He's drinking like $1,000 scotch. He's smoking a cigar, right? And he's just like going through papers and somebody rushes in and they're like, Harvey, did you know we own this thing right here? Oh, we own that? Holy shit. Yeah. Here's the thing. If we don't make a movie tomorrow, 
we don't own this anymore. Oh, shit. We need to make that movie. Well, how long do we have? Two months. Quick, write a script, hire everyone, get that movie filmed, and release that in two or three months, whatever it is. That's option three. So you've got Harvey Weinstein, rough job. You've got Trolla Logs, or you've got Jeff Goldblum and Werner Herzog's eating dinner. Option three sounds... I'm really tempted by option three because that sounds real bad. Uh, And it also might be Fantastic Four. Why would we be watching Fantastic Four on this? Do you not know the story of Fantastic Four? I'm assuming it's exactly the story that I just told you, basically. Yeah, uh, Fox needed to... uh, is that the one for the guy that had the, the newest Star Fantastic Four or no. the old, old, old one? It's from the the 90s. It was the one with the bald guy from like The Wire or something? No, those those were made in like to be good. They weren't, but they were made to be good. This is in the 90s. Oh, like they made one and never released it? They released it because they had to, but in like seven theaters. Yeah, or okay, yeah. Uh, they, they needed to make a movie, so they hired the trauma people and- Troma made a Fantastic Four movie on, like, no money. I think I did know this story. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. Okay. Uh, I don't know that I can turn down Jeff Goldblum in anything, but having dinner with Werner Herzog? That sounds pretty great. I'm going to go option one. Option one. First movie, Justin. First movie. Werner Herzog right there up at the top. Razor sharp and funny as hell. Incident at Loch Ness. So the the cover is just uh, a camera lens. And in the camera lens is a small boat. And there might be something in the water there. Uh, scantily clad lady on the back. So you know it's going to be good. Why are there guns in this movie? This doesn't seem... Oh, wow. <laughs> There's the CGI Loch Ness on the back of this. This seems good. This is going to be real good. That CGI Loch Ness monster looks real bad. Ah, uh, This is going to be exciting. I'm excited. What are you going to see? Uh, I'm, I'm going to hopefully see a whole lot of that bad Loch Ness monster. <laughs> It's like on land. Why is it on land? It's a sea creature. It's got flippers. Let me see this. It's, it looks like it's on land. Yeah, that kind of looks like it's in the it's playing in the sand. <laughs> <laughs> I think it got beached. All right. And number two. Ooh, this one has a bunch of sign signatures on it. It has a bunch of signings on it. Assigned signatures. <laughs> Can you autograph my signature for me, please? I got your signature, and I need you to autograph it. <laughs> from director Adam Green. Uh, is that the guy from Saw? No. No. Who's Adam Green? Nobody you've seen. <laughs> Big enough to be on the cover. Uh, an artist, Alex Party. Digging up the marrow. Marrow. Mar- digging up the marrow. That seems like a weird title for a movie. Uh, the cover has a 
maybe human skull. And in the eye is a graveyard in a spooky tree. And maybe that's that's either Steve Irwin or uh, the paleontologist from Jurassic Park in there. He's got a flashlight, and it's coming out of the eye. Sam Neill? Sam Neill, yeah. I couldn't remember his name. It's Sam, it's Sam Neill. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not Sam Neill on the back, though. No, it's not. That guy That guy looks haggard. Uh, yeah, I'm going to guess this is, this is like a bad monster flick, but might have good special effects, because okay. the artist's name is right there, so that's probably good. Uh, I'm yeah. I'm just gonna guess this is like a standard monster movie because there's some weird looking messed up creatures on the back. All right, Justin, what else you got for us? Marrow. <laughs>